Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Started. So Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, I'm going to read this, pray, and then we're going to get going into what God has for us today. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this thought that God has given me called the voice of heaven. The voice of heaven. Would you just close your eyes and bow your heads and let's just pray together one more time. And let's just pray that God would speak to us over these next few minutes. Father, we are so grateful for all that has happened in this place. We have felt your presence from the moment we walked onto this property and more so when the worship began. Now, God, as we get ready to receive your word, I pray for open hearts. Pray for open spirits, Lord. I believe you've got a powerful word that you want to put on the inside of us. I pray, Father, that as the seed now goes forward, your word is like seed, that it falls on good ground, that we would be receptive, Lord God, that our hearts would be soil for your word right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Clap your hands one more time as you are seated. The voice of heaven. I want to give you a few moments to tee up this sermon series because I feel like it's important for you to know why we are going in this direction and where we are going. So one of the things that I started to do to discipline myself and to really understand and, and, and really center my life on what God is doing in my life, because how many know that God is a God of intention? Yeah. Everything he does is with great intention. Nothing happens by accident, but, but he is a very detail-oriented, and he designs things and creates things with great intention. And so I began to pray at the end of every year for the direction that God would take me in in the year to come. And at the end of 2020, I began to pray in, in early uh, December, late November. I heard the word of the Lord start coming to me, this word, increase. And this word just kept coming to me, increase. And as I'd study, I'd, I'd see it and I'd find it all throughout the Bible. And, you know, I, I thought that the word was a little vague because that word increase, you kind of think like, okay, God, what really does that mean? So what I did was I started to go into the Hebrew. I decided to go into the Greek and I wanted to look up what does this word increase mean in the Hebrew and in the Greek. How many are wondering, Pastor Josh, why in the world are you going into the Greek and why are you going into the Hebrew in, under, in order to understand what this word increase means? Well, it's very simple. I love Mediterranean food. And so I thought it'd be a great place to start. That place, Shaq's over there, incredible Mediterranean food. John introduced me to it. I go every week. They know us now. Lighthouse, they know you guys already. I walk in, they're like, you're the pastor of that church, aren't you? I'm like, I'm here every week. Come on now. I'm kidding. The reason I go to the Hebrew and the reason I go into the Greek 
is because in the Old Testament, that's the original language in which the Old Testament was written in. It was written in Hebrew and Aramaic, and the New Testament was written in Greek. And so I wanted to get an understanding of how this word increase was used in its original language. Now, it's a bit of a challenge because here's what I found out. There are 21, everybody say 21, 21 different Hebrew words for the one word we call increase. Yeah, 21. There's, the, the Hebrew calls increase all these different things, and in English, it just translates to increase. In the Greek, there are eight different words for this word increase. And, and so I knew that I was on the right path. I knew that I was on a journey because God said, do you see what I'm going to show you now? I need you to lean in. So I started to lean in, and it immediately hit me last year when we did our Christmas at home broadcast. How many remember our Christmas at home broadcast? How many watched our Christmas at home broadcast? If you haven't, you can actually go back on YouTube and listen to it because our worship team did a phenomenal job. Doesn't the Lighthouse worship team always do an incredible job? It's phenomenal. They, we actually recorded out of a room in my house. We, we got this baby grand piano at the house that my wife really wanted. I don't play piano, but she wanted the piano in the house. And like every good husband, you know, she, mama wants the piano, you get the piano. So we got the piano and uh, we used it. It was like for such a time as this, Jimmy was playing, worship team was singing. It was phenomenal. And, and, I, and, and through all of that, I, I began to read and study a little more and get ready uh, for that sermon. And, and I, I came to this passage of scripture because Isaiah 9, 6, I mean, this is like the Christmas passage of scripture, right? We always come to Isaiah 9 and 6 when we're going to talk about the birth of Jesus. And as I was reading, I got to verse 7 and it says of the increase of his government and of his throne, there will be no end. And it leaped out at me. I said, oh, this is why God's been taking me into increase. So I saw it in December and I talked about it a little bit. I want to review it for you in case you didn't get a chance to hear that. But the Hebrew word for increase in Isaiah chapter nine, verse seven is marbech. That's kind of got that, like, that little, that, 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 it gets a little strong there at the end there, marbech, okay? And that, that, that Hebrew word marbech, um, it, it simply means multiplication and increase. Now, it might feel like, okay, that, that seems pretty literal to what the English translation of marbech means, but you have to get into to the Hebrew and the way that it is spelled to understand that this is the only time in the scripture that increase is spelled that way. And here's what I mean. The Hebrew letter mem that is used in the spelling of marbeh is inserted in the middle of that word for increase. Now, typically, in every other passage of scripture, that Hebrew mem is inserted at the end of the word increase, and it's inserted at the end of the word to, to designate that this increase that the Bible is talking about, it's been quantified, it's, it's been revealed, it's, it's what's called in the Hebrew closed form. Whenever it's closed, it means we understand what it is because it's here. And whatever we're describing as an increase, we can quantify it because we can see it because it's closed. But here in Isaiah 9, 7, that, that, that letter mem that is used in Marbeck is right in the middle of the word increase. And that changes the form of the word from closed form to open form, and that changes everything. When it is in the open form, what that means is it is truth that has not yet been revealed. The prophet's talking about increase that you can't see. 
the prophet is saying is there's something coming. We don't know what it is, but it's on its way. And so it is in what is called now the open form. I want to say it this one. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. When you see this word increased here in Isaiah 9, 7, it is unrevealed truth that is known to God, but it is not yet known to the world. Okay, it's known to God. It, it exists in the mind of God. It exists in the plan of God, but it has not yet been made known to the world. And so what Isaiah was saying is, is there is a child who is coming. This child is already in the mind of God, but it hasn't been revealed to this world just yet. This is why it is prophetic prophecy. It is messianic prophecy. And I think it is so incredible that God sees things that we don't yet see, and he starts to speak into those things. This is why sometimes God will speak to you, and you know something is coming, but you don't know what it is yet. Have you ever heard anyone say, I know something's coming. I, I don't know what it is, but it's coming. And I just want to make sure that I'm ready so that when it comes, I'm ready for what's going to happen. In the mind of God, it already existed, but it has not yet been made manifest to us. Now, I want you to say back to me the voice of heaven. Voice. Say that again. Say the voice of heaven. Because I want to build on that now. Because these things exist in the mind of God, this is what God begins to do with it now. Watch this. Isaiah 46.10, he begins to declare the end from the beginning. He, de he declares the end from the beginning. So the way God communicates his truth is to declare it. Somebody say declare. declare. Come on, somebody say declare. declare. The way God communicates his truth to us is to declare it from the end to the beginning. Why does that matter? It matters because the way God reveals his truth to you is he's going to speak to you. The Bible says that he's going to declare it, which means it's going to be more than a feeling, but he's actually going to talk to you, which means that God wants to speak to you. God wants to say something to you. God wants to be engaged in a conversation with you. That's so important because you can come to church on a Sunday, but if you don't hear from God, you're kind of missing the point. It's one thing to hear from the pastor or the teacher or the preacher or your youth pastor, but it's an entirely different thing when God himself speaks to you. Come on, how many ever had God just say something to you that you knew that it was God on the inside of you? Nobody could take it away from you because that was a word that came just from God. He is a speaking God, and he so desires to speak to us. This is why it's so funny to me when some people are like, I'm just praying for the will of God in my life, as if God's trying to hide his will from you. As if God doesn't want to tell you what he wants to do with you and through you. You need to know that God wants to speak to you and to reveal to you the plans that are here so that you can hear them and see them made manifest in your life. So God declares. Somebody say declare. God has always done this all throughout the Bible. If you've ever studied your Bible, you see this time and time again that God will show up and say something about the end of something to the beginning of somebody. For example, he comes to Abram when he's 90 years old, hasn't had any child, and the factory is closed, and God says to Abram, what? I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Why? Because the word of the Lord was speaking from the end to the beginning. 
he, he speaks to those things that seem impossible, but in the mind of God, he's already seen it. That is the increase. This is why God goes to Jacob and he tells Jacob, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make your name Great. And if you know anything about Jacob in the passage of scripture, this guy was a shady, shady character, man. He was like that cousin you don't invite over for Christmas. And, and God said, I'm going to bless you and make your name great. And if some of you, it's like any time that something happens with your shady cousin and they start coming on the up and up, you're probably thinking, what would they do now? I know they tricked somebody. There's no way they did this on the up and up. And yet God says to Jacob, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make your name great. How about when God showed up to Gideon? And Gideon was so terrified and so insecure. Gideon was afraid of his own shadow. And God shows up to Gideon and says, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, who are you talking about? I'm not a mighty man. But God saw the end from the beginning. And he's declaring over Gideon the thing that he's going to do that seems impossible because that's the way God works. He calls out to Moses, says, Moses, I'm going to use you to lead my people out of Egypt. And Moses is like, I can't go back to Egypt. I got kicked out of Egypt. If I go back to Egypt, they're going to kill me. But God says, I'm going to use you to lead my people out of Egypt. He comes to Peter and Peter was Man, Peter was something else. Peter was a trip. And God comes to him because Peter's name, I mean, like he, his name was Simon Barjona before he was Peter. And God speaks to him and says, Simon, which means he's a very flaky person. He says, I'm now calling you Peter, which means a rock. So God spoke to a very flaky person and said, you are going to be my rock. It's like, could you have picked someone more consistent to be a rock? But, but this is what God does. He speaks from the end to the beginning. So Lighthouse Church, if this is the nature of God, let me ask you something. Are you listening to the voice of heaven? Are, are, are you actively tuning in and are you actively listening to the voice of heaven? Because here's the deal. You know that God wants to declare the end from the beginning, but you're listening more to what social media is saying than what God is saying. You're listening more to what the news cycle is saying than what God is saying. You're listening more to your politics than you are listening to the voice of heaven. God is speaking, and he's looking for some people to turn down the noise in their life and to tune in to him. He's, he's looking for some people to tune into him because what God did in the Bible was not just for the Bible days. There's too many people that think, well, it was just for a season, but God doesn't work that way. Maybe your God doesn't work that way, but can I tell you that my God still works that way? Is there anyone else in this room that can say that's the way my God works? My God still declares the end from the beginning. My God is still speaking to every impossibility in my life and leading me to the place where all those things that are impossible become possible it's the voice of heaven and i'm encouraging you lighthouse to drown out you you gotta you gotta stop letting all those other voices drown out the voice of god in your life this is why it's so important every morning before you check your email before you go on instagram before you check your text messages the first voice that should be the voice that you hear in the morning is the voice of god you got to, the minute you wake up, go find some time to pray. If you're saying, Pastor, I don't have time in the morning, then wake up earlier. <laughs> Set that alarm clock for 15 minutes earlier and talk to God. Because if you don't let his voice be the first voice, you're letting every other voice be the first voice. And you need to be prepared for your day and prepared for everything that the enemy is going to throw at you. So the first voice that you hear in the morning has got to be the voice of God. 
because he is declaring, he is speaking, he is talking to you. Now, uh, one of the things I want to encourage you to do while I'm on this, 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 this topic of, of hearing from God is um, one of the things that I was doing in prep for the sermon is I, I went back and I grabbed my journal from 2020. This is my journal from 2020. And, and I began to read some of the things that God had said to me in 2020. And I encourage you, Lighthouse, I've been on this for a long time. For as long as we've opened up this church, I've been on, to, I've been on you about taking a journal with you to church and taking a journal with you to prayer. And I know some of you are like, Pastor Josh, you really still carry a journal? You got a phone. Absolutely. On my phone, I keep my grocery list. On my phone, I keep my to-do list. But if I want to hear from God, he's not going in the same place I get my milk and my cereal. When I come to hear from God, I bring something in with me that I can hear, something that I can write down. Because this is too important to just go on my phone. This is the voice of heaven. You, gotta come into your, you need to come into the presence of God with the posture of I am ready to receive. And so here's what happened. I opened, up, I opened up my journal here, and I went back to February 8th, 2020. Listen, this is pre-pandemic, okay? We had a prayer. Carlon, you were there. Some of you others were there. We had prayer at the McMahon House at Cal State University, San Marcos, and I showed up to pray, and I brought my journal. And guess what happened? God started to speak to me. I want to share with you something that God told me in February 8th, 2020. He said, if you will slow down, you will start to see me. You're so hurried and you're missing me moving your life. Your efficiency is robbing you of my presence. This is what God was telling me. February 8th, 2020. And so I started right now, slow down so that I can see God. Slow down so that I can hear God. And God said, if you see me, you will hear me. Listen, 30 days later, I preached my last sermon on a Sunday at Lighthouse Church because we went into the pandemic. 30 days to the day earlier, God was saying, slow down, slow down, slow down. The whole world slowed down. God was beginning to prepare me, and God was beginning to speak to me. I'm going to slow this whole thing down. But when I slow this whole thing down, you're going to start to see me in a way that you never saw me. So I had to surrender all of my plans. Come on, how many had big plans for 2020? I had big plans. We were getting ready for an amazing 2020 because Lighthouse Church, we had an incredible 2019, didn't we? We had an incredible 2019, and we were running, and the church was growing, and we were so excited. And then 2020 hit, and God was saying, slow down. But can I tell you that when I slowed down, God did more than I could when I was running? Can I tell you that when I slowed down, I saw the hand of God do more than we could have done in our sprint? I've shared this so many times, and I'll say it again. In 2019, when we were open and when we were running, we had a great year. But in 2020, we had more than double the amount of decisions for Jesus. We had more than double the amount of baptisms at Lighthouse Church. Why? Because we slowed down. You know what else happened when I slowed slowed down, we began to look for a building and door after door after door began to close. But when I slowed down, all of a sudden, a building opened up here in Vista, California, and God kicked open the gates and he did something that I could never do. Can I tell you that when I finally sat down, that's when heaven stood up and that's when heaven began to open up doors for Lighthouse Church. That's when heaven began to let us know this is where I am shifting you. But you've got to get to this place where you hear the voice of heaven. Heaven is speaking. God is talking. God is trying to communicate with you. But, but you've got so much other noise in your life that you don't allow yourself to hear from him. Now, now, after you've heard from God, there's something else that you've got to do now. 
Because it's one thing to hear the voice of heaven, but if your faith doesn't match the faith of heaven. Everybody say faith. faith. Everybody say that again. Say faith. faith. Come on, like you had a chorizo burrito like Pastor Julio had this morning. We finished all calling. Pastor Julio just comes in eating this burrito. I'm like, I know you're going to have some praise on your lips today. My God. He said, my wife made me this. I said, even more of a reason to shout. The faith of heaven. Because when God speaks, the next thing that has to happen is you have to match the, expect, the expectations of heaven. Your faith now has to elevate to the faith of heaven. Write this down. To see what heaven sees, we need to believe like heaven believes. To see what heaven sees, because God sees you. God knows you. Everybody in this room, look at your neighbor and tell them God sees you. And tell them God knows you. I don't want any in this room feeling like God doesn't see me. God doesn't. No, no, no. Maybe man doesn't see you, but you need to know that God sees you. Okay? Maybe you're not getting the amount of likes that you want on Instagram. Let me tell you that God sees you and he likes you and he knows you. Okay? But here's what happens. Okay? He sees you. He sees your ending from the beginning. But what he needs for you to do now is to get your belief to match up with the belief of heaven. Come on, you've got to get your belief to match the beliefs of heaven because faith is the currency of heaven. So I wanted you to shout faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. And what you have got to be able to do is have the faith for what heaven is seen. You have got to have faith for what heaven is seen. What would happen if you showed up in the wrong country with the wrong currency and tried to buy something? It wouldn't work, would it? Imagine. Church is over, and you go to Miko's, you go to Shaq's, you go to When Pigs Fly Barbecue, whatever it is out there that you're going to go and do. What, if hap- what would happen if you showed up with Monopoly money and you tried to pay for your meal? They, they, they kick you out of the restaurant. Why? Because you've got the wrong currency. In order to see the kingdom of God move in your life, you've got to show up with the right currency, and the right currency is faith. Come on, somebody. The right currency in the kingdom of God is faith. Hebrews 11:1 1 says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I love this because when you believe what God is declaring, faith is your evidence. Did you catch that? When you believe what God is saying, your evidence isn't always what you're seeing right now, but your evidence is what your faith looks like. You ever met someone that you couldn't ever hold them down because they had so much faith on the inside of them? Have you ever met someone that just believed the best about everything because they had so much faith on the inside of them? Faith is the evidence that I'm believing that God is going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. Listen to me. It doesn't say your righteousness is the evidence. Come on, somebody. It doesn't say your good works is the evidence. It doesn't say your beautiful smile on your face, because some of y'all wake up in the morning and your face does not look beautiful, okay? (laughs) It's not that. What it is is it is faith. Faith. In the middle of the impossible, if you don't lose your faith, you're operating with the right currency. In the middle of the storm, if you're operating in faith, you're operating with the right currency. In the middle of the impossible, when it doesn't look like there's any way that this thing is going to change, if you still have faith, you will see the impossible. I think back about the Apostle Paul. You know the Apostle Paul, he was traveling all around the world, taking the gospel to all these different countries. He so desperately wanted to preach in Rome. But, but God did not allow him to go to Rome. He so desperately wanted to go to Rome and preach, but it never happened until the very end of his life. And when he finally got to go to Rome, he went as a prisoner. He went as a prisoner. 
Now, for most of you, you'd be upset. You'd be like, this is not what I thought was going to happen. But do you want to know what Paul did? He said, now that they've got me bound, and the Bible says that they put two jailers on him night and day because they heard that Paul would sometimes start singing and the prison walls would fall. They heard that Paul would sometimes praise and the chains would be loosed and the doors would be thrown wide open. So they put two people on the side of Paul. And do you want to know what Paul did? He didn't get bitter. Paul did not get upset. Paul did not get in his feelings, but he said, I've got a captive audience right here. And he began to preach Jesus to the two jailers. And when they would go, they'd bring two more people. He'd start to preach to them. And then when they would go, they'd bring two more people and he'd start to preach to them. What is that? That's faith. And he writes about it. He said, they put me in a jail, but all they did was give me a captive audience. And he started to preach to every single person in the jail. That's faith. That's the currency of heaven. The voice of heaven demands the faith of heaven. And I got to move you to this place where you have faith for heaven. How many know that heaven is our home? Come on, put that hand up in the air. If you know that heaven is your home, come on. So here's the deal. Earth is our rental, okay? We're not going to be here forever. Our permanent address is in heaven. But the problem is many of you are treating earth like it's permanent and heaven like it's temporary. And you're living your Christian experience that way. But if you knew that this was just a temporary, you would be living not for today, but you'd be living for tomorrow. Knowing that heaven is your home and you are going to operate with the currency of heaven. You've got to stop listening to the culture and start listening to the father. Stop listening to the culture and start listening to the Father because heaven is speaking. And he's saying, now that you've heard my word, can I get you to lift up your faith? You know, growing up, I would hear this sometimes. They say, brother, you are of no, you are so heavenly minded that you are of no earthly good. How many ever heard that? You say a lot of funny things in church. You're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. But, but, but I push back at that and I would say, unless you're heavenly minded, you are no earthly good. Let's say that one more time. Unless you are heavenly minded, you are no earthly good because we operate on a different level. We operate with a different currency. Some of you are trying to fight this war that we are fighting when the Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against principalities and strongholds and wickedness and dark places. So we've got to step into the kingdom in order to fight kingdom warfare. And we've got to operate through a different modus operandum, and that is the currency of faith. Because when we hear the voice of heaven, our faith has to match what heaven is saying. You guys getting this? Don't, don't drag yourself down to what you see. I just don't see it, Pastor. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. You don't have to see it. You just have to believe the word of the Lord. If he said it, he's going to do it. If he declared it, it's going to come to pass. So get your faith off of what you see and focus it on what you hear. Because too many times, listen to me, too many times you're moved by what you see. And God says, I don't look on the outside. I look right here in the heart, right? God looks right in the heart. And he's looking for someone whose faith is in the right place. All right, let me fast forward now. Let me take you to Luke chapter 2 because I want to show you the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. And when I read Luke chapter 2, it's going to slap, y'all. You might be thinking, why in the world is he saying slap when it comes to prophecy? You'll see in just a moment. Let's go with me to Luke chapter 2, verse 51 through 52. Now, let me give you the context because here's what happens. So all the way back in Isaiah, Isaiah's prophesying about 
the one that would come, and of his increase there would be no end. And then in Luke chapter 2, what happens is Jesus is 12 years old. Him and his family come to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of the Passover. Now, when it's time to go back home to Nazareth, mom and dad forget about Jesus. Mom and dad's in the room. Give yourselves a round of applause, okay? Give you, you're here. You didn't forget your kids. They made it to church. Because when I look at Joseph and Mary, I'm thinking, like, God, are you sure you picked the right people to trust with the Savior of the world? Because, like, they forgot about their son Jesus not one day, not two days, but three days. If I left my kids alone for three days, it would be like the Lord of the Flies at my house. I mean, it would just be a wreck. I mean, I leave my kids alone for five minutes, and I'm like, what did you do? It's on the ceiling? How did you get up there? You know, that's my kids. But, but the Bible says that. Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem when his parents went back to Nazareth. And when he stayed behind in Jerusalem, he went to the temple. And he is debating the scriptures with the doctors and the religious leaders. And here's where we come to Luke chapter 2. Because Mary and Joseph, they're looking for him frantic. And on the third day, they find Jesus at the temple. And they say to him, what are you doing? We've been searching all over the place for you. And Jesus is like, you should have known to come to the temple. You know that I'm going to be about my father's business. And, you know, right about there, like Mary grabs him by the ear. And she says, let's get going, all right? And so you get to Luke chapter 2, 52. And this is when it says, and Jesus went down with them, his parents, and came to Nazareth. And was subject unto them, but his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Watch this now. And Jesus increased. Come on. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Isaiah prophesied about Jesus and said that of his increase there would be no end. And Luke here says that Jesus increased with God and man. I told you it slapped, didn't it? It slaps when you put it all together. But here's what you need to understand. What Isaiah was writing about is what Luke was witnessing. What Isaiah prophesied about is what Luke was now seeing. And Luke had the wherewithal to say, I know that there was a prophet by the name of Isaiah who talked about this man, Jesus. So he reached back and grabbed the voice of heaven and he pulled it into his present because he had the faith of heaven. And Luke uses the same language to describe Jesus as Isaiah does. Luke could have said anything. He could have said he was a smart boy. Luke could have said this boy was sure sharp. This boy had a lot of potential but when Luke saw Jesus here's what he saw he saw a wonderful counselor the mighty God the everlasting father the prince of peace and of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end Luke says I'm grabbing a hold of the voice of heaven and I'm bringing that into my present and that's what I need for some of you to do today under this tent God has been saying some things to you but you're not pulling it into your life Heaven is speaking, but you haven't pulled it into your present. God is saying things over your life, but your faith is still here on what you see and what you feel. And God is saying, can I get your faith to match the faith of heaven? Can I get you to believe now what heaven is already saying about you? Luke saw that. And Luke said of his increase, there will be no end. Now, you might be saying to yourself, okay, pastor, well, that's great for Jesus. That's, that's great that that prophecy was fulfilled. But what does that really have to do with me? It's always the plan of God to take what he is saying over you and to bring it into your life so that it is made manifest in your life. It, it's not enough for you to hear the voice of God and not see the voice of God in your life. It's, it, it's not enough to hear the voice of heaven and, and not bring that into your life today. John said it this way. The word was made 
flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. What Luke and John were both saying is this. Write this down. God's ultimate expression of his plans for us are when they are materialized to us. God's ultimate expression of his plans for us are when they are materialized for us to see. And I'm coming to a close now. It's not enough just to know about what he is doing. But you have got to see it in your life. I don't just want to hear about the miracles that God has done for others. But I want to see him do it in my life. Listen to me, Lighthouse. That's the increase. That's the increase. When what you are reading about in your Bible starts to be evidenced in your life. That's the increase. That's the increase. There's no new thing that's coming. It's just the same thing that works, that, that has so much power, and it has so much authority, and God just wants to see you see it in your life. God just wants to bring you to this place where what you've been hearing about all your life, you can now see it. And so what I've got to do is I've got to move Lighthouse Church from this place. This is the last thing I want you to write down. I want to move you from reading about the promises of God to seeing the promises of God in your life. I read a lot. My wife says that I burn my eyelids. It sounds better in Spanish. But anyway, she's like, you read so much, you're burning your eyelids. But, but you know where I've been so challenged with this word increase in 2021 is that I want to see it for us. I want to see it for us. Is there anyone else at Lighthouse that wants to see it for us? Come on, is there anyone else under this canopy that can say we want to see it for us? You know, I've been in church for 40 years now, all right? I celebrated my 40th last October. I know I don't look a year past 39, but I'm 40 years old now. And when you've been in church as long as I have, you've seen and heard all kinds of things. But, but you get to this place where you just want to see it in your life. And I think there's people in this tent that, that you want to see it for you. I know you did it for them, and, and I, I know you did it for them, but could you do it for me? That's the increase that I'm talking about this morning. That's the increase that we're preaching about here as we get this series started. There is an increase that God wants to bring to you that is simply him revealing his truth to you. It's unrevealed truth, but listen, if it's truth, it's greater than facts, Right? That we celebrate truth because truth is what you cling to when the facts aren't going in your favor. Truth is what you hold on to when the facts say there's no way that it could happen. Truth is what you grab a hold of when all the facts say there's no way that this can happen for you. I was going to wait on this, but I'll share a little bit of it now. When we came to look at this building, they said, what if you bought the building? And I'm just a numbers guy. And right away, I'm like, we can't afford it. Because if I'm going to buy this building off of you, I need $400,000 for a down payment. Plus, I need some money to do the build out. So I'm looking at at least $650,000 in the bank. And like a broke 18-year-old kid, I was like, I ain't got it. <laughs> I mean, God's been good, but he ain't been that good to us. I mean, <laughs> we're a year old. I mean, it's a little premature. It's a little premature for all of that. And I won't tell you all the story. But then they look back at me because that's what the facts were, right? Facts said, ain't no way. You ain't got it. You don't got the money for the down payment, and you don't got the money for the build-out. Now, 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 we're not broke, okay, Lighthouse? I should think like, my God, they're broke. CFO's here. He can confirm. No, no, we got money. We just didn't have 650000 
I'm like, yo, God's been doing incredible things, but I mean, we ain't seen that in the 12 months we've been open. That's what the facts. But then truth spoke. And all of a sudden, the elders turned around and said, well, what if we finance the deal for you? And you don't have to go and get a loan. Come on, there was truth on the other side of that. The facts said you ain't got it. But you know what truth said? Truth put it on the heart of a man named Doug. And truth put it on the heart of a man named Lee. And without flinching, they turned around and said, well, we'll finance the deal for you. All of a sudden, I was like, I wanted to speak in tongues, but I, you know what I mean? It's like, I was like, eh. Uh, the only thing I could say was, the only thing I could say, my wife was the only thing I could say was like, let me get my CFO here next week. I'm like, Salah, you're never going to believe us. They want to sell us the building. Salah was probably thinking like, we can't buy a building right now. I know, but they're going to finance the whole deal for us. Okay, where do we sign? You know, it's one of those things. Facts, facts say you can't, but the voice of heaven was speaking. <laughs> heaven was talking. And, and I was so focused on what the numbers said because I was looking at earth as if earth was the permanent, but earth is the rental. And I was looking and treating the rental like it was the forever. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, it ain't going to work. But God's like, I'm going to push facts to the side and I'm going to bring truth to the table. And when truth comes to the table, it gets you to see and believe everything that God is saying about you. I want you to stand to your feet. There's someone in this canopy right now where God has said things and spoke things over your life and all you are looking at is the impossibility of it all. Can I tell you that you've got to fix your eyes on heaven? Can I tell you that you've got to hear the voice of God? Can I tell you that the voice of God has got to be louder than the voice of this world? Can I tell you that the voice of God has got to be louder than the voice of social media? Can I tell you that the voice of God has got to be louder than the voice of politics, than the voice of the news cycle, than the voice of all the negativity and the doubt and the fear? Everything that's happened in this world and this climate that we're living in right now is trying to tell you that the church, you can only do so much. And church, you can only do so much. But what would happen if we started listening to heaven's voice and we lifted up our faith to start to believe what heaven was saying we would start to see here in the city of vista what heaven is saying i did something on monday do y'all remember the two-year anniversary when pastor mark francie began to prophesy over this church on monday night my wife and i we started listening to the prophecy pastor mark francie said that this is an er, this is a seed and god's going to give you a building 10 times this size that's seventy thousand square feet he said god's going to give you a building 10 times this size in the next 24 to 36 months and i couldn't sleep after that i started having started having heart palpitations. I started sending Phil emails. I started messaging Julio. I'm like, you got to quit your job. I need help. I'm like, I was like, I was up late. I couldn't sleep. But I began to write some things down in my journal. Not this one, my new one, because that was my 2020 journey, my 2021 journal. I began to write, and I began to write, and God began to speak to me, and I began to write, and I began to write promises, and I wrote there in my journal, God, if you're going to give us a building that's 10 times this size, then you're going to give us a congregation that's 10 times this size. I'm believing it right now, because if you're saying, I'm going to give you a great big house, we're not taking 200 people into a 70,000 square foot building. We're taking 2,000 people in with us, and I'm going to say it right now, because heaven is seen it right now oh, pastor you're just emotional that's just the way pastors are that's just the way they talk maybe but I'm just crazy enough to believe the voice of heaven and 
I'm crazy enough to grab a hold of that word and say, let's pull it in to our present. Right there we are. Would you close your eyes and lift your hands towards heaven? And I want you to start talking to your father. There's some promises that God has spoke over your life. There are some things, there are words that God has said concerning your marriage, and you want to see it. I need you to begin to elevate your faith right now. I need you to begin to elevate your faith right now. If he says I'm healed, I'm healed. If he says he's going to give my family a home, he's going to give my family a home. If he said he's going to bring back my wayward son or daughter, he's going to bring back my wayward son or daughter. If he said that he's going to do it, I'm going to stop listening to the negativity. I'm going to shut it all down, and I'm going to start to listen to the voice of heaven. I'm going to grab a hold of what heaven is saying. I'm going to pull it into my world. I'm going to pull it into my life. I'm going to lift up my faith to this place where I am beginning to believe what heaven is saying. It doesn't look like it when I open my eyes. It doesn't look like it when I open my checkbook. It doesn't look like it when I come home and my son or daughter's not home. It doesn't look like it when I'm constantly fighting with my spouse, but there's some things that God has said about you that he's getting ready to do. He just wants you to lift up your faith and to match what he is seeing right now. We thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your grace. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.